You're tuned into Toby Talks, episode 37. Heart of a nurse, mind of an innovator. Meet Kara Lungsford, CEO and founder of Holly Blue. So two years ago, I thought to myself, there is a huge problem in the nursing industry. How can I be a solution? And that problem for me at that time was seeing a lot of my nursing friends and colleagues leave the field completely because they were burnt out or they just, you know, didn't think nursing was what they thought it would be or their life just changed and they wanted a change in their career. And I thought, why isn't there a platform that we can actually hear nurses in different career fields share their experience on what it's like to be in that position what the pay is like, what, what, what it truly entails, right? So that thought of, huh, well, let's go ahead and hear this. Let's hear about these different fields that nurses are in that I myself had no idea about because healthcare is consistently changing and transforming. And nurses play the biggest role in being change agents. My guest today shares with us her journey becoming an oncology nurse transitioning into home health nursing and then goes all the way to become a director of nursing and y'all it doesn't stop there in the midst of all this amazing career transition she identifies a problem and ends up creating an innovative idea that is helping nurses thrive y'all I'm too excited let's go ahead and hop into this conversation I (laughs) definitely want to hop into this whole conversation. I'm very excited to have you on the mic, but I really want you to tell me, how did you get into this field called nursing? Like what really pulled you in and what are you doing right now? You know, actually nursing was my second career. Um, Mm, Some people don't know that, but I was a sign language interpreter before I was a nurse and I was interpreting at Cal State Northridge and I was interpreting the biology of cancer class. For the second time, for the second semester in a row. So I really kind of knew this, uh, this class, like the back of my hand, literally the back of my hand. Um, (laughs) No pun intended. I just got onto that, didn't you? (laughs) I did. Um, I just got onto that as well. Um, So, uh, so, you know, by the second Second time around, I was just in love with uh, the science um, behind cancer. And mm. uh, I realized at that point that I, I really had a fascination for, um, for the medical field. And initially, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a doctor, if I wanted to be a nurse. I, you know, I, I, I wasn't entirely sure. And, you know, as I started getting into more of the prerequisites and everything, I realized, you know what, I really, I'm a nurse. I, I like the direct patient care. I like the, the long building relationships that happen in nursing that, that I think sometimes, unfortunately, don't, don't always get to happen for doctors just for time's sake. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I I just realized that this was definitely an area that I wanted to go into. Uh, I've always been I've always loved kids. I taught swim lessons to get through nursing school. I had like my own business teaching swim lessons, and 
I did some pretty high profile clients and, and really earned up enough money so that I didn't have to work during the year. So I realized, you know, I really love kids. Um, I really love the area of, of mm-hmm. understanding cancer and, and really wanting to be a part of hopefully, you know, seeing a cure, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know not, just, not just wanting to see people go through, you know, cancer treatments, but, you know, hopefully be a part of, of seeing um, people cured. So uh, I, I decided that I was going to go into pediatric oncology. Um, part of that decision uh, was also based off of my stepmom. My stepmom, uh, she lost a child to uh, astrocytoma at a very, very young mm. age. So her daughter passed away. My stepmom is also a nurse. And she said to me, you know, uh, I was so affected by the nurses who helped to take care of Heather when she was sick and and who took care of me while I was trying to take mm-hmm. care of her. Um, and she said, I'll never forget them. I'll never forget what they did for me. They've impacted my life forever. And I thought, that's what I want. I want to have an impact. And that that's, you know, that's what I feel like life is about, you know, is about impacting the, you know, the world around you in a positive way. So I was uh, 20, 26 when I went to nursing school. Yes, I was 26 when I went into nursing school. So, so, and I, I've now been a nurse for uh, almost 12 years. So, That's uh, so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, because I, I want you to, I want to hear people know that, you know, your, your life can change. You know, you can pick up different careers. You don't have to just, oh, I didn't start off as a nurse, so I can't be a nurse. But you obviously had a first career already. And you're like, oh, that's awesome. Back in my hand. Woo, woo, woo. But now you want to go into something impactful. Um, not saying that sign language wasn't, but um, knowing that you still, you know, you went back to nursing in your 20s. That's awesome. I think I graduated at 23 or 24. But that's after changing my changing my major like four times that's another story for another day but when you graduated (laughs) and you went into um into nursing did you start off automatically in oncology and is that where you continue on till now or did things change as well right so so yes i i i bit off like the big you know pediatric oncology bite right off the bat. I, I wanted to work at Children's Hospital Los Angeles. Um, funny thing is, is that I was at the dog park with my dog and I saw this woman who was wearing a Children's Hospital Los Angeles sweatshirt, a hoodie, and it said, Hemonk, it said, and you know, her name and registered nurse. And, and I, and I looked at her while my dog was humping her dog. And I said, <laughs> I said, that's where I want to work. I want to work at that hospital. Look at that opportunity. Come on. Yeah. yeah. And she said, well, she's like, you should go to nursing school and come work for us. And I said, I did go to nursing school and I'm done and I want to come work for you. And it just so happened that she and I went to the same nursing school. So we had that in common. It was very, like a very strange coincidence. And, uh, and she said, you know what, I'm a charge nurse on that floor. And Ooh, yeah. you know what, 
you come in and I'm going to get you a, a I'm going to get you a, a an interview. And I actually started out as, as a care partner um, or a CNA, as some some people are called. Oh, CNA. Uh, okay. For, yeah, for a few months, some hospitals, you know, call them care partners. Some call them CNAs. You know, they have mm-hmm. names different places. Um, or a patient and, care tech. But, yeah. Yeah. PCC, care different tech, names. Like yeah. yeah, exactly. And, uh, and so basically I went and I worked for like, I think three or four months as a, a care partner and which was great. You know, I have to say that it's really good to get in there and, and get your hands dirty and, and do that work, do the care partner work, because, you know, it reminds you how hard that job is. And it mm-hmm. really helps you appreciate what they, how they help you as a nurse. So when I became a nurse, I was very close with the other care partners, and I felt even more so that they were colleagues of mine. So I always encourage nurses that, like, if there's somewhere you really want to work and, and, and you want to get in at the ground floor, you kind of want to familiarize yourself with the environment uh, beforehand, it's always great to get in you know, as a, as a care partner is. or a CNA, or I think it's a great opportunity. It is. And you never take for granted um, when you do become a nurse, what it's like to have a care partner or a CNA, um, because there are a lot of facilities that don't even have those resources. So you as a nurse, not only are you trying to balance the treatment of the care, you're also trying to make sure you give them, you know, their, their daily care and to take care of their environment. And it's, a, it's hard when you don't have um, a partner. So I always call them like, you know, my badass partners, you know, that's those oh, are the CNAs, yeah. the patient care techs. They're, they're the ones that really have your back. Um, so when you start off in that role, you never take for granted that um, relationship and that teamwork that you get as a nurse. Absolutely. Absolutely. So back to your dog humping her dog and um, <laughs> the opportunity of getting to hopefully work on that unit. <laughs> Was that how you got into um, to start off as, on an oncology unit? Right. So, so they hired me, um, they hired me first as a care partner and then they, they, uh, brought me in, um, and they have a, um, I don't know how many hospitals have this, but basically it's a, like a residency for nurses okay, and yes. like, a, like a Versant residency was the name of ours. And it's, uh, about a six month, it's a combination of classes that you that you sit through which feels mm-hmm. a little bit like a, a return to nursing school a little bit but you're getting paid which is great oh, yeah, right <laughs> even better um, yeah yeah and but I always think that it was so great to have a lot of stuff reinforced because I think that sometimes you forget things and and it was really nice to have that reinforcement but even more than that we were able to shadow and work alongside another nurse. We were not responsible solely for patients uh, until the end of our residency, which was amazing to be able to be with different nurses who had, you know, so much more experience than, than I did at the time. And I think it really, really helps nurses to be able to stay in the field longer. Yes. Yes, it does. I can, I definitely went through, I actually went through an internship or an externship that was the same kind of program, but ours is three months and it was in the summertime and I was still a nursing student. But once I graduated, like that externship felt like a intern 
like a um, a residency because I learned specifically the care that the the certain population that we're going to be serving. Like we did specific care, and mine was for a pediatric orthopedic hospital. So I feel like that education was specifically geared to the care that we're going to be giving to this population. And it was so helpful because in nursing school, I'm not, you know, when it comes to specialties, it doesn't cover everything, you know, kind of glosses over and just kind of gives you the overview. But I think that's awesome. You find programs that do um, specific residencies like that. You feel more empowered. Excuse me. You feel more empowered. Right. I almost feel like they should be mandatory. Period. To be honest. I Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just don't think it should be an option. I think that this is too important of a job to uh, to just leave up to, you know, the different institutions like, oh, some of us will, you know, provide that and some of us won't. I, I just think it should be something that they have to do. It's, it, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when doctors finish med school and then they have to go into their residency, it's like, you know, no one just expects them to finish med school and go right in and be a doctor. You know, exactly. they, they're, expected, they're expected to do a residency. Exactly. Um, and, and I, and I'm not quite sure why not all institutions are kind of required to do that. I just, I think it's just way too important of a job to, uh, to not offer that. I agree 100%, especially, I know a lot of the teaching hospitals are pushing towards that, um, but I feel like all hospitals, that should be a standard um, because then you have nurses that are empowered that feel like they know what they're, you know, they, they got the education, but now they're getting a, a program where they get to implement that and they have that proper training and shadowing and guidance to make them feel confident. So I, I agree with you. We definitely, I wish that could be like literally a standard period, like you have to go through a residency once you graduate. Um, and trust me, if you already gone through nursing school, you're happy to go through the education a little bit more specific and get paid for it. Okay. I would take that any day. Um, right. but <laughs> so did the residency prepare you for, um, for what you're going to be doing in oncology and how long did you stay in that role until you transitioned into something else or did you transition? I did. I did transition. So I, I worked at, at Children's Hospital Los Angeles in oncology, uh, specifically in solid tumor. Uh, it wasn't until a little bit later in my career that they uh, decided to make it one comprehensive cancer unit where uh, the floors were not divided. Uh, so when I was working there for the majority of my, my time, it was considered a solid tumor uh, um, floor. So we mm. did all the brain tumors and yeah, so we, we did all the brain tumors and the osteosarcomas and the rhabdomyosarcomas and the Ewing wow. sarcomas and, you know, uh, yeah, the ATRTs and, and all of that stuff. And, and unfortunately, because of that, uh, we also didn't have the kids with the best of prognosis either you know? mm. so on the other, on the other floor you know, were the leukemias and the lymphomas. And, and, and a lot of those kids had, you know, 95% survival rates. And, you know, oh, wow. so it was, it was just very different uh, experiences. You know, we were all hemonc nurses, but if you were to speak to the people maybe on 4 East versus the people on 4 West, we just had very different experiences, which kind of makes it hard to sometimes be supportive also of one another. You know, you really have to, you're really heavily reliant on your team members 
who really understand the demographic that you're taking care of. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and that was very interesting. That was, a, you know, now I feel that it's it's great that they have kind of combined the floors. And, you know, no matter if you're a leukemia kid or a brain tumor kid, you just either go to Four West or Four East. It doesn't matter. Uh, but at the time, you know, it was very split. And I felt that sometimes the people on uh, Four West were having experiences of extreme grief. Uh, because of our, the kids and what they were going through, you know, and also if you think about it, when you have to, when you're dealing with solid tumor, you're also dealing with kids who are going through surgeries. Now in leukemia and lymphoma, no one's surgically removing those cancers, right? So our kids were very different. Our kids were having brain surgery and amputations and limb salvages and all these other things that that were very complicated Mm -hmm, and also mm -hmm. led, you know, also led to a lot of suffering. You know, we saw a lot Mm. of suffering. So like cancer alone is already a beast when it comes to the treatment and the toxicity of the chemotherapy and all of the stuff. So, you know, you combine that with now, not only does a kid have to go through chemotherapy, but they have to go through extensive rehabilitation after, yeah. you know, after having surgical procedures, or they have side effects from their surgical procedures, um, seizures, or they have, you know, um, DI, you know, diabetes insipidus, or or these these side effects that happen after they've had a brain surgery or something like that. And so it, mm-hmm. it, it really complicates the picture in a lot of ways. And I felt that it also led to a lot of burnout for me. Emotionally or just working um, the hours? Like what, what type you know, of burnout? Because now I'm discovering bother. there's different. Yeah. So the hours, you know, the hours never bothered me. You know, a a lot of times when I talk to people who are not in the medical profession, they'll say, oh, well, those 12 hour shifts. I'm like, you know, it was never the 12 hours that bothered me. In fact, I kind of like being in one place for a while. I'd rather do three days than do five days any day. Um, And I kind of like being there for for the longer period of time. But it was definitely the emotional fatigue. That, mm. you know, it's it's that caregiver fatigue, right? You know, yeah. I was responsible for all of these kids, uh, their their emotional well-being, their family's emotional well-being, uh, walking a lot of them through end of life, walking families through end of life, and and experiencing a lot of grief. And... Mm. I feel like that's, you know, that's always what stuck to me. You know, it's not the fact that people die. People die all the time. They die at two years old. They die at 99 years old. They die at 105, you know, but, but it's the grief. It's the people left behind Yeah. that, uh, that was the stuff that used to stick to me. Uh, at at night when I would go home or my partner would hand me a glass of wine because I'd had two kids who passed away in the same shift Hmm. and, and, and that kind of stuff, you know, and, and 
uh, and wanting to give my all all the time, like always just like wanting to give 110% of myself and, and, you know, um, really, really be there alongside these families and these patients. And, you know, it, it comes at a cost, you know, there, it, there's only so long, in my opinion, there's really only so long you can do that effectively. I think that there's a lot of people that stay in professions long after they're burned out. They've been burned out and they just don't leave. And <clears throat> I understand why they don't leave. I had a really hard time leaving myself. I felt like I was leaving people that were like my like soldiers in arms, you know, like mm-hmm, in the trenches mm-hmm. with me, you know, that I'm like, well, how can I leave them? I can't leave them there, you know? And and, you know, we're a team and it's very hard to leave a team. And what does that mean for you to leave? Like, do you mean you left that profession? Did you leave that unit? Did you leave that specialty? Like what did leaving mean for you? Was it just leaving yeah. what you do every day or, or talk, talk to me more about what that looks like. Cause I know sometimes people listen be like, Whoa, she left, like leave nursing. Like, right. Yeah. So, I mean, in the beginning when I, when I, after I had my son, I, you know, I, I started kind of tiptoeing out and I started moonlighting over at like doing some home health and some home infusion. Mm. And the funny thing was, is that actually when I went into home, home health, I interviewed and I said, look, you know, I've been a pediatric oncology nurse for all these years and I'm really looking to kind of expand myself a little bit more and do something different and um, maybe something not quite so heavy. And, uh, and they, you know, they nodded their heads and smiled at me. And then the very next uh, time they contacted me with a patient, it was a pediatric oncology patient at home. Stop. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what did you not understand about my interview? Exactly. (laughs) Like, were you even listening? (laughs) I don't think you were clear enough, but I came to realize that there are there is a huge shortage of pediatric nurses in home health. So if anyone, if, if any of you out there are listening, any of these, any of you pediatric nurses, there is a huge need for you in, in the home. There's just not enough home health pediatric trained nurses. And surprisingly enough, a lot of, you know, pediatric nurses are, are fine to take care of adults, but I will tell you the other way around, not so much. Adult nurses mm. are like, ah, uh-huh. ah. I am yeah. not going to take care of a kid. I don't want to wrestle them to do their IV. I don't want to wrestle them to do their pick line change. And, <laughs> and you know, it, it's a different type of nursing. It really is. It is. And it is. Um, if you can do peds, you can do adults. But, you know, the other way around is a little different. So, uh, you know, they, they, you know, they heard me when they, when I said that I didn't want to do pediatrics, but they knew that they had such demand that they just couldn't help but send me because I was the most appropriate person for the job. So, so I ended up with a, with a few 
a pediatric oncology home health patient for several years because I saw them through their entire outpatient therapy. <laughs> wow. Um, so it wasn't like one of those, hey, I'm your nurse for these next three days and I don't see you anymore after that. This is like, I'm with you for the yeah. whole journey. Yeah, I was. I ended up being with them for the entire journey, all the way through, you know, the end of their maintenance therapy. Um, but it was fine. I've built relationships, friendships. They, you know, both of those kids did very well. Um, I anticipated that they were going to do very well, so that was that was, you know, part of why I kind of stuck around. And uh, and but then I also did get a lot of adults and I learned a whole nother side of nursing that I fell in love with. I, I loved doing home infusion. I loved doing hmm. IVIG therapies. I loved taking care of MS patients and uh, I had some CIDP patients and, and also some enzyme replacement patients, people who had Fabre's disease or Pompe's disease or Gaucher's disease, all these different like enzyme, like lysosomal storage disorder diseases that are like mm-hmm. chronic. Um, and I, I made lifelong friendships with my, with my patients. Um, and, and so I really, really fell in love with that. But that, at that point, that was when I started seeing that there was some pain points in the in the industry, and I started seeing what was what was kind of happening and what wasn't happening. And mm-hmm. I went into then I went into administration, thinking like, well, if you can't fix it from like in the field, then maybe I can like fix it from above. That's you know, I don't know that that's necessarily true. Uh, but, okay, um, all that I, glitters is I not gold. <laughs> Mm, 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 I gave it a shot. So for for two and a half years, uh, also I so I went into an area. I did director of nursing for a home health agency in Los Angeles, and that was quite an experience. Um, but I also uh, determined a lot of pain points by doing mm. uh, doing that, uh, and and that's kind of what led me into my next venture. Ooh, dun, 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 dun. Well, I would love <laughs> to talk. <laughs> Look, no, I, like a as, a pediatric, as a pediatric <laughs> nurse, I am very animated. My children have kept me animated throughout the years. I'm a child still. So yes, I do random introduction musicals <laughs> and sing-alongs <laughs> and voiceovers. Um, so yeah, that all comes with working with kids, but I definitely want to hop into this new venture because it tingles my brain, my quality process improvement brain to hear how you identified a problem in our industry. And from there, you just developed a crazy awesome idea that is so dope and so needed. So I definitely want you to tell me what was it that you identified and how did you start this wonderful application called Holly Blue? I will tell you. <laughs> like the so, introduction. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so like I said, you know, there I have I have a huge passion for the industry, I have a huge passion for nurse for nurses in general. When I was working in home health, I realized that there were some serious problems when it came to how these companies were reaching out to me and 
uh, how they were telling me about patients that needed to be seen and in the community. And I, I would be driving in the car and I, my phone would be like, ding, ding, ding. It would just be going like crazy. And I'd be, I'd look down at my phone and I'd see all these text messages and all these emojis with all these prayer hands and, and, you know, pretty pleases and can you, and, and I'd, I'd open up my phone and I'd see that, that I had been blown up with, can you go see a patient in this zip code with these, you know, hmm. these things and uh, this day and this time. And uh, sometimes I would even notice that like multiple staffers at one company were texting me the same thing about the same patient. And I'm like, I is no one talking to each other? Like what is happening? <laughs> Clearly not. Oh my gosh. You know, so-and-so sitting next to so-and-so and they're just both looking at the same referral and they're sending me the same text message. I'm like, Did, didn't anyone divide up the list of nurses and say, you take this list, I'll take that. I don't know mm. uh, how, I think they were all working off of one Rolodex and for the millennials out there, I hope you know what a Rolodex is. <laughs> I had to Google it, but it's okay. It's a, it's, a, for those who don't us. know. <laughs> it's a flip through where people used to write down their phone number and addresses and it would be in alphabetical order and then you would just rotate it to see the next name and information in alphabetical order. It was very strange. They discontinued it in the 90s. Don't worry. We have phones now. Whew. <laughs> I know, I know. So I, I used to joke that these staffers just had a Rolodex that they were using between the two of them and just, you know, thumbing through all these uh, these nurses' names and, and texting them one at a time. So one day I finally went into the office and I said, I, I have to know, I have to know, what is your process? When you get a mm. referral, what, what do you do next? Please tell me, I have got to know. And they said, you know, you're the first nurse that's ever come in here and asked us this. And I said, well, I, they've got to be wondering. <laughs> so, all of them, so because this is chaotic. All of them have got to be wondering, but I am definitely the squeaky wheel. So uh, they walked me through what their process was, and I was floored. I was just floored at uh, the inefficiency of it. I said, this can't be fun for you. And they said, oh, my God, it's the bane <laughs> of our existence. They said, we hate it. We hate doing it. And it, it, it's just we wish there was a better way. We just mm. don't have a better way. And I, so my mind started going, and I thought there could be a better way. There absolutely could be a better way. So from that side, you know, just from the staffing perspective, I started mm -hmm. thinking about what I would do from a technology standpoint to make that easier. When I went in to be a director of nursing, I got to experience it on the staffer side. So I used to be experiencing it as like the field nurse who was like experiencing the pain of being out there getting bombarded with all these text messages. Mm -hmm. And then when I was a director of nursing, I realized that I was the person doing that terrible job a mm -hmm. lot of times. You got to I see thought, both sides. Oh my gosh, I have got to do something about this. And so I started coming up with Holly Blue. 
So Holly Blue is two things. Uh, first and foremost, what I like to feel that it is, is a community for nurses. So the app itself is very driven towards, we're trying to create uh, a, a tool for nurses that mm-hmm. that they like that they like using somewhere mm-hmm. where they can keep track of all their licenses and certifications because that's a big pain Ooh, uh, to have to keep track mm. of all those things and and get reminders and stuff like that when they're going to expire because I used to let my stuff my stuff expired all the time I in fact I couldn't give chemo one time when I was on the floor because my manager came to me and said Kara do you realize you let your chemotherapy biotherapy certification expire and I was like oh what? no and they were like yeah you cannot hang chemo today you have to have someone else hang it and I was like oh my gosh so I had to retake the whole class it sucked Ugh. and and I thought okay well if I'm forgetting to renew my stuff so is other people so <laughs> so in the app I wanted to make sure people could put all their all their licenses all their certifications even like their personal stuff like their their driver's license or their uh, car insurance, you know, whatever, you know, just things that sometimes like even personal stuff that you want to like remember to renew. Wow. Uh, And then uh, I also wanted to create a profile where the nurses felt like it was really built by a nurse. When When there's a list of specialties and you can go through and you can select all the specialties you have. We know that nur- nurses oftentimes have multiple specialties. Like we so do. I wanted, yeah, I wanted it to be something that can grow with the nurse um, and then with proficiency, just skill sets and everything as well. Uh, a, a long list of different skill sets. I'm sure I haven't even identified all of them, but I think it's a pretty comprehensive list. I'm always open to nurses texting me or, or emailing me and saying, hey, could you add this skill or could you add this specialty? Um, and then once they create the whole their whole profile, they can convert it over to a resume, like a custom resume. Um, oh, wow. Just with a click of a button. Yeah. So they just click this button that says convert my profile to a resume and and it converts and they can export it out. So, you know, whenever they're out and about or they have an opportunity and someone says, hey, could you send me your resume? I mean, I used to hate going home and having to, like, open my computer and, like, update it and do all that stuff. So this is, like, a great kind of on-the-go type of resume that they can use for those kind Are of you fancy? Oh my goodness. This is awesome. This is amazing. Oh my goodness. Girl, keep going. I'm I'm flabbergasted. I'm so shocked right now. Like what? Ugh, I hate updating my resume. So to know that you can like click, man. I know. I know. It's 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 nice to be able to just like, you know, have something on on the ready, you know. Um, and then that we have an area where uh, the companies, any of the companies that we have that sign up, uh, they can browse those companies according to location, and they can see them on a map on the upper left-hand corner of, of the app. Uh, after you open the company section, you can click over to Map View, and you can actually see everything that's around you. Um, and wow. we're, gro- we're growing all the time, so there's new companies popping up all the time. Uh, but... So we're so basically, uh, we you know we did that just from a functional tool standpoint. But the mm-hmm. but the other part of it is that we really we're we're growing and we're going to add so many more things to the app just from a, a social perspective as well. So there's so many things that we're going to be adding, but uh, 
but really we want the nurses to feel like they're a part of a community. So we'll be making sure that they, you know, if, if we have scholarship opportunities and discounts or whatever it is, uh, you know, mission trips, uh, opportunities to volunteer if they want to, um, we're going to have just, you know, everything. We really want to just have everything available. And then on the company side, you know, we wanted to really streamline their processes to make it easier for them to communicate with their nurses and and to find the right types of nurses when they are trying to hire, um, that they can, you know, identify people according to certain specialties that they put in their profile or whatever, so that they're, like, finding the right people. They're not just, you know, I think we all can agree that a nurse is a nurse is a nurse is not true. You know, uh, that we all have unique specialties and just because you're a nurse does not know, does not mean, you know, anything about ventilators or, exactly. or trach exactly. or chest tubes. You know, there's nurses that have been nurses for 10 years and they've never done a chest tube, you know, exactly. so uh, it, it's really important that I think that the industry be educated about you know, if you're looking for a specific type of nurse here, we want to help you target and find the right type of nurse because your retention is going to be a lot better if you have the right person for the right job. So you created a one-stop shop on an app. I'm just like trying to put this all together in my mind because this is freaking amazing. A one-stop shop where me, as a nurse, I can put all my information, my licenses, my skill sets, all that, generate a bomb uh, resume. And on the flip side, companies themselves can actually put the different kind of nurses that they're looking for. So this isn't just geared towards home health. This is geared towards nursing companies and hospitals or is it specifically? Oh, wow. Anyone. Any, wow. anyone. And we're, and we're really looking, you know, what I'm excited about is constantly adding new types of opportunities, because I'll tell you, when I was a pediatric oncology nurse, I used to like, I used to sit there and think, oh, you know what I'd love to be? I'd love to be a studio nurse. Mm. And I want to work on a set. And I want to consult and I want, like, wouldn't that be a great job? And I used to just kind of dream about other things that I might do five, 10 years down the line, you know? And I, and, and that was part of why I wanted to build this stuff into the app because I wanted to create a place where there was just like so many diverse opportunities for the nurses so that even if they're not thinking about changing today or they're not thinking about adding like a side hustle or you know just taking a little bit of a break sometimes you don't want to leave completely but you're like I just need to go to part-time for a little while and I'm just going to do this other thing that's a little less demanding and and I feel like what I want nurses to take away when they get into Holly Blue is I want them to feel hopeful that's what I want them to feel I want them to feel like there is hope for me to be able to sustain this work because I think that that's what we're lacking. I think people are losing hope. That I can agree on. I mean, 100%. I mean, when we look at the burnout rate and we look at the turnover rate, they're losing something um, and they're willing to lose their license and just give it up and and, and go into a whole other field because... 
they don't see themselves in other fields as a nurse. And I think what you're, what you're doing, the Holly Blue app, I mean, that's amazing. We need more, we need more structure and more community like that, um, platforms that bring nurses together to discover other areas. Because just like you talked about, like you were emotionally burned out, right? And you went into a whole nother, you still stayed in the same skill set, but you went into a whole nother view of it, you know, from home health and then becoming a director of nursing and seeing the administration side of things. And that kept that hope. I mean, this is what you just established a whole app, <laughs> a community for us. I'm over here doing a podcast just to let them know about this stuff. You developed the whole app where it's like, look, you can find jobs like this on here. And that's awesome. So what Thank were some you. of the challenges to develop something like this? I mean, because you did talk about, you know, having to gear into the technology side. Was that a skill set you already had? Did you, were you already versed in oh, technology? No. Because developing oh, an app no. is, sounds scary. Okay? <laughs> no, 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 I was not. Uh, you know, it's interesting. You can have a lot of like fantastic ideas and then it's the implementation, right? So you're like, this is amazing. This is a great idea. Oh my gosh. How do I do this? (laughs) And, uh, and there's so much involved, right? I mean, and, and I will say that a lot of things have been like blessings for me. Like I have had a lot of just the right people at the right time in the right place saying the right things. Like, you know, it it feels a little bit like divine intervention sometimes. Um, So, so I I have to add that part in. Uh, But when, when I first wanted to do this, I, I, I brought together, you know, a couple of people, um, that partnered with me, um, helped me kind of push this vision along. One was a very longtime friend uh, who I had threatened to go into business with her for many, many years, and we just hadn't mm. found the right, the right thing. And so finally, I, I dragged her along for the ride. And, uh, and then, you know, um, someone, a colleague of mine who, you know, over lunch one day, I told him about this and he said, I believe in this. I believe in you. I believe in this. He was like my cheerleader. Um, and he's like, well, we're going to make this happen. And so he was definitely like that, that someone told me like this great story about like a, a, a video that went viral on YouTube many, many, many years ago about mm-hmm. like someone who ran out and started dancing. I think it was at a concert or some sort of outdoor like concert. And this person just ran up and into this field and started dancing all by themselves. And then like a second person followed them and before you knew it like thousands of people were out there oh wow and and it was this thing and 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 I, I was at the seminar where they said you know it's the the first person is important, mm-hmm. but the second person is almost more important mm-hmm. and I always kind of think of him as my like second person. He was like my, he was like, I had the idea, I had the drive, I had the vision, I had the knowledge, I had all of this stuff, but he was definitely like the second person. He was the one who came out there and danced with me when I was dancing by myself. That's um, so awesome. I, I will always be thankful to him and he's still with me. 
Mm-hmm. And we're still on this journey together. And and we had to seek out uh, a, a development company because, of course, none of us knew anything about technology at all. Um, and so it probably would have been smart for us at some point to be like, hey, we should find a tech person. But, of course, <laughs> we were that right at the time. Uh, and and you know, in hindsight, I think we would all agree that, like, that should have been, like, our other person. Like, our fourth mm-hmm. person should have been, like, the tech person. But uh, we did go and find a development company that was fantastic. We really, really liked them. They're, I'll plug them. They're ISBX uh, in Culver City. And uh, I think that they have done a phenomenal job with us. And uh, they gave us a project manager. They assigned a team to us. They gave us quotes. uh, So we knew what to expect in terms of cost. I think I had sticker shock when I first saw it. At first, I was like, oh, I don't think we're going to need any investors. And then I got the the invoice or the, you know, what they Uh said it was going to cost. And I was like, oh, we were going to have to rethink that. Yeah, (laughs) we're going to need some money from other folks. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so we're going to do like a friends and family round. <laughs> and uh, and I, I fortunately, my, my uh, I was able to uh, find someone who believed in me, had known me for many, many years, believed in me and said, I want to support you. I want to support you in this. And he invested the first $300,000 into uh, the company. And I used almost every bit of that on development. So you can wow. just kind of get a general idea of how much something mm-hmm. like this costs. And, uh, and, and then from there, we've done uh, some other rounds of funding. I did an additional round. I put some of my own money in. My dad put some money in. Now we've actually have some formal investors that have just come in. So that's very mm-hmm. exciting. I know, I know. So, you know, the, the, the joke is, is that once you get money, you have to start going and looking for more money. Like it's like you're yeah. never, it's like a never ending cycle of looking for more money. And so it's a very, it's an interesting challenge. And, and the learning curve has been incredible, uh, but I'm so thankful for it. I sometimes think I should be able to walk away with an MBA after this, like for sure. Right? Like this should be the biggest MBA project. (laughs) Yes, I want an honorary MBA um, uh, after this process. Uh, And so there's been so many interesting um, hurdles. Uh, You know, if anyone is interested in this, of course, anyone can email me anytime. I'm always happy to. I'm very, very supportive of other nurses doing this, Mm -hmm. Uh, doing doing anything that they want to do. Um, And I, I always have the belief of we are stronger together than we are apart. So I yes. don't I don't worry about competition. I embrace competition. I want people to follow their dreams, and if I can help them in some way, I will. Uh, I don't want people to do the same things I did in terms of uh, mistakes. Even though mm-hmm. I felt I feel like all of my mistakes, quote unquote mistakes, have panned out in one way or another. Like if I if those things hadn't happened other great things wouldn't have happened. So I almost feel like I've had no mistakes. I like, I like to just not refer to them as mistakes at all. Just everything was as it should be all the time, 
even when it felt stressful, even when I didn't understand why it was happening. Um, what I take away from it now is that everything is as it should be. And I think if you can go into it like that, you will save yourself a lot of grief. <laughs> it, it's definitely helpful to believe that because I am where I am and everything that has happened has brought me here. So, yes, I... Mm, yes, Cara. <laughs> ah, I appreciate you so much because, like, you're not just only talking about your platform. You're not only talking about how you found a, an issue and you thought of an idea that helped the the process smoother on both aspects. You're actually sharing the details of what it was like to establish this. Um, and that's something that we don't really hear much of. You know, all of a sudden you just know that, oh, wow, bam, they've developed something or an entrepreneur has done something and they're just doing amazing work. But we really don't hear the behind the scenes, um, especially for me and other people, like I know, like myself, um, it's intimidating because you have to learn a lot of things you never, never knew. Um, you have to do yeah. a lot of research that you never no one's going to tell you or hold your hand with it, but you had people who supported your dream. You had someone who come out in there and dance with you, you know, and, and it also taught you that you had to open your mouth and share your dream to get people to invest in it. You know, you had to be your own cheerleader. Um, yeah. And I can't, I can't even fathom like how many nights you stayed up on top of working because I know you still have to work <laughs> and bring in paying your own yes. bills, but you're developing something. Work. How did you, how did you do that? Like, how did you continue to push through um, having to balance your work because you still have to pay for your bills and do all that stuff and develop and start a whole business? Like, how did you balance those things? Well, you know, it's, it's tough because I'm a mom too. So on top oh, of let's throw that in there. Mm. I, I know. I know. So I, I have a seven-year-old son. Uh, I have a partner. I, um, it's, it, it is a lot. Okay. And mm -hmm. at some point, at some point, there was a moment where I had to take a leap. I basically had to take a leap. I, I left my job as a director of nursing. I was kind of multitasking for a while, doing the development, overseeing the development of the app, working as a director of nursing, which was a 24-7 job, mm -hmm. and trying to be a, a mother. My, my poor child, like, I think has, like, post-traumatic stress from, like, a cell phone <laughs> ring or a text message. Like, God bless him. Um, uh, actually my cell phone ring now is the Harry Potter theme because I had to make my child not be so, um, afraid of my phone and, and, wow. uh, and, and hateful of my phone. Really. I mean, he really grew to hate it and I, I didn't blame him. Um, mm. but at some point I, I had to take a leap of faith and it was, mm. I will tell you, it was so scary because I was walking away from a six figure job. You know, it was a salary position. It was dependable. Mm -hmm. I knew what I was making every month, no matter what, but I realized if I don't, if I don't step away from this, I'm not going to make my dream come true. I'm not going to make this happen. I can't possibly juggle all of this anymore. And it was mm. requiring a lot more of my attention. And so I did step away from that. I started, I mean, I, I guess in some way 
I really put my faith in something bigger than myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not like a hugely religious person, but I'm very spiritual. And I really was like, you know what? The universe is going to help me. It's going to, it's going to be there for me. And I will tell you every single time I've gotten down to the bottom of the barrel and I've started to worry, like, I don't know how I'm going to make the mortgage. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to go to the grocery store. I don't know how I'm going to put gas in my car. Mm -hmm. Um, I, something would come, something would come along. And all of a sudden I'd get a call and they'd say, Kara, could you see a patient? It's a private patient. Could it's, it's short term. It's just a couple weeks. It's just this. It's just that. It won't take up much of your time. Can you, you know? Can you do this? And boom, I'd have enough money to get through another month. And mm. and I, I think it was by the grace of God that I that I just I believed. I believed. I truly, truly believed that it would be okay. And mm-hmm. that does not mean that there was not times where I was scared out of my mind that I had leveraged everything I had. I mean, I had a, I took out a, a second a line of credit on my house. I, I had done everything. I had leveraged every resource in my life. And wow. I cannot say that it is not scary. It is scary. But when you believe in something, so strongly and you really, really feel that you can make a difference and you really believe that it's possible. You just keep doing, you just keep going, you do. You wake up another morning and you go to sleep another night and you put one foot in front of the other and, mm-hmm. and that's that. And, and meditation, I will say lot of meditation. <laughs> <laughs> I need that in my life. I'm trying to learn to meditate. I really am because uh, you need a moment where you can just shut it down for a second and just yes. have a moment of this constant, like nothing, just shh, be quiet. Don't move. Uh, but I love how you just, you said that so eloquently, you know, that you will keep going. Like what pushes you, what motivates you. It, it's not even about you. It's not even about you. The, the vision and the and the the what you're gonna do to impact so many lives. It goes beyond you and it keeps you up at night. It keeps you going when you're exhausted. Um, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being so transparent. Um, because thank I think you. too many of us see the we see the ending results and it looks so glamorous. It looks so glittery, but <laughs> we don't get to see what it really like to get to where that glamorous position looks like. You know, it's real quick to post a picture on Instagram. It looks like, oh, look, she glows in her best life. They fail to realize you only have five hours of sleep before this selfie. Um, and then you've right? been up all night. But you just make it look good because it's what you love to do. So thank you for being so honest and talking about that journey. Um, because being an entrepreneur and being a nurse you're collaborating literally somebody definitely needs to give you an MBA for what you just like <laughs> created, yeah. but you just, you've merged two different, two different careers into one. 
And that is amazing. Like, I'm just blown away. Um, so as we, as we start to wrap up this podcast, I want you to truly like seek down inside. I know you've already given us the best motivational speech so far. I'm motivated now. I'm like, oh yes, come on, Karen. Um, but I really want you to be able to um, give some kind of inspiration or encouragement to those that are listening right now who are in the same season as you, who are thinking about, you know, I have a problem. I want to solve it. What do I do? Or they're at that position where they have to think about giving up their job, taking that leap of faith. Um, what kind of words of encouragement could you give them? And also for the nursing students out there who think that they can't even make an impact where they are. What do you, what do you say to that? You know, like I want something encouraging that would definitely leave our listeners thinking and, and knowing that they can definitely make an impact from where they are. Oh my gosh. There's, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of so many things, but you know, I feel like no matter where you are, uh, if you're in, if you're in nursing school, if you are just a couple years into your first job as a nurse, if you are burned out and at the end of your, you know, rope and, and you're like, I have got to do something different, or the only thing that wakes you up in the morning is this amazing idea that you have. I feel like no matter where you are in your career, you have to follow what you believe. You have to follow what resonates inside of you if you see something you know when they say if you see something say something if you you know no matter what you're doing if even if you're a, a brand new a brand new nurse and you feel unempowered like oh you know nobody wants to hear what I've got to say I'm, I'm just a new nurse no Speak up. Say what you need to say. When I when I was a new nurse, they asked me what kind of uh, what I wanted to to join in terms of a committee. I had to join a committee when I became a Clin two nurse, and I said, I don't like any of these committees. I'm going to create my own committee. And of course, my manager said, Of course you are. Of course. Why can't you just pick? Why can't you just go with the flow, Kara? You know. But the thing is, is that you have to do what inspires you. You have to do what makes you happy. And if make if what makes you happy is, you know, dreaming about another field of nursing, and you know you pursue that, then go for it. And if what makes you if what makes you happy is is taking a break and exploring some creative part of yourself, you can always go back. That's the nice thing about nursing. Just keep up on your CEUs. <laughs> keep you know, keep your license alive. You yeah. can always go back. You know, feed your soul. That is the most important thing is to feed your soul that you can do this incredible, incredible career. And, you know, maybe you do it off and on throughout your life. Who knows? But no matter what you're doing, make sure to take care of you and do what makes you happy. Hey, nurses, what would you say is the hardest part about being a nurse? Well, you already know, we often put everyone else's needs before our own, which means not enough time for self-care. And I don't know about y'all, buying about that life, it's 2020, year of the nurse. That's why Holly Blue has created a go-to app for nurses, so you can take care of you. 
This app will help you organize and manage your certifications, create a virtual profile, and make professional connections so you can be more present where it matters. Remember, the nurse's journey is unique and can only be understood by another nurse. That's why Holly Blue was founded by nurses, designed and built to support you. Want to see how it works? Download the free Holly Blue app in the App Store or Google Play.